This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. February, a.k.a. Black History Month, is here. I'm excited because it's a chance to celebrate the Black journey in America and Black achievement. To kick things off, we are taking a look at the history of Black History Month itself. Having moved to Chicago a little over a year ago, I had no idea of the massive role that Chicago played in its creation. For the story, we turn to urban historian and WBEZ contributor Sherman Dilla Thomas. He started by taking us back nearly a century to the South Side, specifically 37th and Wabash. The Wabash YMCA, Carter G. Woodson and the Association of Negro Life and History, they decided to celebrate Negro History Week. They picked February because the, the week fell between Abraham Lincoln's birthday In the 1920s, he was certainly considered the great emancipator. Mm -hmm. And then on the other end of the week was Frederick Douglass's birthday. And so they typically always celebrated those days anyway. So they just stretched it out for a week. Give us a little bit more background on Carter G. Woodson. So he's a phenomenal guy. He spent a great deal of his time here in Chicago before going on to become a educator at places like Howard. He's the second African-American to graduate from Harvard. Right. So that's that that's pretty awesome. He was very much involved in the kind of the civics and politics of his day. He's credited as one of the founders of the NAACP. He's certainly credited as one of the founders of the Urban League, you know, in its entirety. But he's he's super important to Chicago because he, he, he was such an academic scholar. He could provide true historic facts. He was a historian, right? A, a lot of books that 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 we go to now come from Carter G. Wilson. He's just a super dope scholar as it relates to tracing back our true history all the way back to like Africa and where we were pre-chattel slavery. Mm -hmm. Well, how quickly did this Negro History Week take off? Took off pretty quickly, right? Especially here in Chicago. You know, anytime we think about Black intellectualism, we always immediately jump to the Harlem Renaissance. When every last one of the names you would associate with the Harlem Renaissance kind of take their root or get their education, there's only like two, three places in the country that would even give African Americans PhDs or master's degrees. And University of Chicago was one of them. Mm. So, and then also we had the Chicago Defender here, which if you know you're a poet or, or just a writer, a journalist, anyone who's who who went on to esteem wrote for the Chicago Defender, and this was the base camp. And so because Chicago was already steeped in in kind of pushing the Black agenda with people like uh, Robert Abbott, Negro History Week was able to take off because that concept could get pushed forward uh, out to the world via like the Pullman Porters and again, the Chicago Defender. Mm -hmm. 
And let's remember that this was all going on during the early 1920s. What did America look like during this time? Was there pushback to this broader conversation around Black history that was unfolding? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it comes out of just being ignored, right? So in, in 1926, we were on the other side of what they called the Great War. And then, like now, you have anniversaries to things, right? So, you know, the five-year anniversary of the ending of the Great War, or at that point, getting closer to the 10-year anniversary. And as they're honoring luminaries and naming schools and stuff like that, they're, you know, missing African-Americans, if you know anything about uh, World War One, and particularly African-Americans fought valiantly in France. And uh, we're, we're the people that introduced jazz to the French population. But none of that's being mentioned about African-Americans in the 1926. And then it's considered the roaring 20s, right? You know, especially here in Chicago, mm-hmm. all of the bungalows and two flats that we, we love are being constructed during that time. But African-Americans are kind of excluded from that because of uh, racial covenants. And then, like I said, again, just the dependence depiction of African-Americans, the number one, especially in the 1920s, right, the number one form of entertainment is blackface. You know, that is the number one form of entertainment for Americans across the country. And so faced with that, uh, people like Carter G. Wilson understood that he needed to show the true history and contributions to African-Americans to this country. And the cool thing about that is now, in my personal opinion, right, Black History Month serves as something that unites us. You could be black, brown, white, or purple. If you're from Chicago, Michael Jordan is your favorite basketball player. But studying Black history will teach you that it was the Harlem Globetrotters defeating the Minneapolis Lakers in 1948 that integrate the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So studying Black history kind of makes you love basketball a little more whether you're black or white or whatever. So did we kind of watch Chicago's attitude develop over time? No, so I'm not going to sit here and lie. <laughs> we kind of have always been a little bit progressive as far as... Just a little uh, bit. Yeah, it, I, man, just a little bit, right? So we not, uh, in Chicago, white folks didn't necessarily want black folks living next to them, but Chicagoans historically were never for slavery, even as early as the 1840s. You know, Chicagoans, we never had like segregated buses and, and those type of things, right? And so I, I think... It's perfect that Black History Month as a concept comes from Chicago because we already had kind of a level of tolerance. And then also we're such a city of neighborhoods that other neighborhoods had already been, you know, promoting and honoring their own heritage. If, if you go to Humboldt Park right now, there's tons of statues that honor Humboldt himself, right, as a German. That's that's Chicago honoring German heritage. Uh, Leif Eckerson has a statue over there that's mm-hmm. Lithuanian heritage, right? So we're a city that's been kind of cool with honoring your own unique heritage. And so that's why it's cool Black History Month comes from here. So we're clear. We, we went from Negro History Week to Black History Month. When was Black History Month concretely established? That comes at the uh, formation of the Black Power Movement, right? Like with the Panthers and that. So the best of my knowledge, we started calling it Black History Month right about 1970. Yeah. Well, what are some of the ways you like to observe Black History Month here in Chicago? Oh, great question. The first thing I encourage everyone to do is to spend some money in a black neighborhood. I know that's like jarring to hear somebody say, oh, black neighborhood. Right. But it's Chicago. and We we understand the cultural 
and ethnic lines we got. So go to Brown Sugar Bakery on 75th Street and buy a cupcake. That's like a great way to celebrate Black history. But for me in my house, I try to teach the children how African-Americans from Chicago have helped shape some of the things they want to do. I got a daughter that wants to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And if you go on 45th and King Drive, you'll see Irvin Mollison Elementary School. He's like one of the most prolific lawyers out of Chicago. So just making those connections with my kids is how I'm going to do it. It's wonderful that she wants to study law. I hope I don't need her services later, but it'll be good to know <laughs> I got one in the family. Well, is she the one that put you on TikTok in the first place? And look, oh, and no, look where that's, that's gone. <laughs> well, no, that's the nine-year-old. She, okay. She's never going to get a job. She's going to be an actress. <laughs> she told me I got to write a great Netflix pilot because oh. I got to like make sure that she doesn't have to work. <laughs> she's already figured all of that out. That's so cute. So what are some of the activities then that are going on in and around the city this month? Well, you know, shamelessly, I am doing Black History Month tours of Bronzeville on February 12th and 26th. You can check them out at ChicagoMahogany.com. The DuSable Museum of African American History has about three or four events listed on their websites for African American History Month. Also, you can go to the Field Museum and check out the Carl Cotton exhibit. He's a famous, prolific taxidermist. I didn't even know black folks was in the taxidermy. But <laughs> Carl Cotton was like really, really dope. And he transformed the game. And you can go check him out at the Field Museum. And he's a Chicagoan. We're everywhere. Sherman, we do everything. Woodson also founded the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And every year they announce a theme for Black History Month. Do you know what this year's theme is? I don't. Black health and wellness, apparently. Ah. So that's very important. I'm glad that they're making that linkage and that connection. Wellness is always very important to focus on. I'm also glad that it's focusing on something positive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially after the last couple of years we had with George Floyd uprising and the, the call to action that those things brought on and yeah. also just contemporarily with Jelani Day. But to that point, right, there's a lot of trauma sometimes associated with being, I shouldn't say sometimes, especially here in Chicago, right? If you grow up to be 35, you for sure have lost somebody to street violence or the criminal justice system. And so including in that, I want to promote mental health. But then again, like African-Americans, we love our soul food. On, on the other end of that is like diabetes and stuff. That's great to hear that they're promoting health and wellness. I'm, I'm uh, planning on doing my two-mile, three-mile run today to promote that. And uh, there's a great, if, you, if you're a West Side, go to Vegan World uh, during Black History Month. They got some great food. Uh, they're on North Avenue off of Central, and that, that lends toward health and wellness, too. And then one more thing, just Chicago, right? African-Americans were unable to attend nursing school throughout the country. Uh, Providence Hospital is the first nursing school for African-Americans uh -huh. uh, in, in this country. And so that also lends itself to health and wellness. And so when you can buy history and what we need to do today is a, a great way to go forward. You know, Carter G. Woodson died back in 1950, so he never got to see Negro History Week become Black History Month. Do you think what it is today meets the vision that Woodson had? People aren't going to like my answer, but absolutely not, because he was like a really staunch scholar. And there is a bit of commercialism. I guess that's like the thing that goes with, you know, America, right? Like there's commercialism and everything. Yeah. And, and I would really like to see, uh, like I say, it breaks my heart. I don't want to like end on a sad note, man, but during African-American history, when I would love to see Michigan Avenue flooded with Italian and Irish folks wearing red, black and green or a cool shirt or like 
Earl Dickerson on their T-shirt because when we hit St. Patrick's Day, I'm certainly going to go down there in all green and hang out. Mm-hmm. And when we get to September, I'm going to celebrate Mexican uh, Independence Day. And so just as, as Chicagoans, trust me, that's a, that's a way to unite us. That's a way to make our streets safer, being in unified thought. So, you know, make sure you celebrate uh, African-American History Month, particularly in Chicago, because we gave it birth. Yeah, well, do you want to share any special Black History Month TikToks before you go that you may have in the works that we should oh, uh, watch out for? As, off, as soon as I get off the phone with you, I'm going to finish up the Pullman Porters. That's another Chicago invention. And that's also the birth of the first middle-class African-American job and the first recognized African-American union in this country by the American Federation of Labor. And then I'm going to also, again, spend a little time talking about how the Harlem Globetrotters, who are from Chicago, integrated basketball. Always a pleasure to talk with Sherman Thomas. And thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, can I just ask, what are you waiting for? Every Friday, we bring you the weekly news recap, a conversation about the biggest Chicago area stories of the last week. And something else I think you'd like? Check out our episode on how to avoid COVID-19 testing scams. A lot of useful tips there. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. And please come back tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.